Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I have avoided for the past several months discussing politics at any length because we've been bombarded all day on the television sets, in the newspapers and magazines, on the radio with presidential politics. We started early and you can get filled up. I felt you people were filled up. I was getting filled up. Last week, however, I did start getting into it a bit. Must be because we're getting close to the end of the race, end of the line, and it's time for some things to be said. I spent time last week talking about Trump, talking about Hillary, uh, some bad things about both from my perspective. I'm going to start tonight with some politics, so bear with me. I think you'll find the issues interesting, though. Uh, More Trump than Hillary, uh, but the item on Hillary could be devastating. So let's start with Trump and recognize and understand I am not a Trump supporter. I have never been. Uh, I support Hillary. I, I look at her as the better of two choices. I think we're stuck with two bad choices. What are you going to do? So you have to pick the best of the two, and she is the best of the two from my perspective. Here we go. Trump. He's been talking all week and for the past couple of weeks about this election being rigged, okay, Uh, that there's going to be cheating at the polls. He wants his people out there in the bigger cities like Philadelphia, Chicago, and he wants them to watch at the polling places to make sure there are no shenanigans. Note that the polling places that he suggests the people be at are in the generally all-black neighborhoods. Putting that aside, I think it's wrong for him to say that our electoral system is cheated. It's not right. It is wrong. It is wrong from his perspective. That's what I'm saying. It's rigged. Uh, I'm embarrassed when he says that. Think about the rest of the world where, where, where elections are rigged, are fixed. I mean, what the hell? Putin got elected with 87% of the vote. That's what Trump told us a few weeks ago. Why not? He's the only one running, and he controls the election box. Uh, It's just not right. It doesn't happen in this country. I'm 81 years old. I was a poll watcher when I was a young lawyer. I used to represent people. They had to have another count. They did all this stuff. I don't see cheating. I read somewhere today that since the year 2000, there have been cast in this country for president one billion votes. Since 2000, one billion votes. And of that number, only 31 were considered fraudulent votes, cheating votes, bad votes. In other words, they weren't correct. They were bad. They were phony. 31 out of 1 billion. Nothing is perfect in this world. No one is perfect in this world. And I don't think that's a bad count. Only 31 bad votes out of 1 billion. So he's doing us a bad thing. But it isn't that he's doing a disservice to you and to me. Trump is doing a disservice to the reputation of our country. And that is terrible in today's world. Now, moving on, some more Trump things here. Um I don't know if you're aware of this. From what I I understand, Trump Hotel, the business for Trump Hotels, is down 58% this year from a comparable period last year. 
It's costing him money. If it's down 58%, uh, this is out-of-pocket money. Uh, his hotels are his primary source of revenue. He deserves it. Uh, which brings me to something I happened to read today, charities. Uh, the, um, what is it called? The, 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 uh, Mago Lara, the, oh, the Mar-a-Lago Hotel in Palm Beach that he has. That's the number one place for charitable fundraisers. Uh, and why not? Palm Beach has a lot of money. He has seating in the Maybach Ballroom for 800 people. Uh, the next biggest place would be the Breakers, which was the biggest until Trump built uh, Mar-a-Lago, and that holds 500 people. It gets the high-end people, the big people who donate mucho big dollars. Now, these things are booked a year in advance, these big charitable uh, parties, and uh, some of them are considering whether they should withdraw their commitment to have their fundraiser at Trump's primary hotel because of the things that have been said about women and other things. Uh, Example, the Susan G. Komen Foundation. They're scheduled to have, and they've had it there before, their charitable fundraiser on January 14th. It's going to be called the Perfect Pink Party. This is one of the most well-known uh, charitable events, or charitable, the Coleman Foundation is one of the most well-known for can, uh, breast cancer uh, situations in the country. They raise a hell of a lot of money. Uh, they take in, as a result of this fundraiser, several million dollars each year. Would you believe it? One event. Now, the problem is the contract they sign, whether it's Coleman or any other charitable group, is that they have to put 30% down when they, they sign the contract to have the event next year. And in the event, in the event, uh, the event does not take place. Trump keeps the 30% down payment, non-refundable. So they have a problem with this, many of these organizations. The Susan G. Coleman Foundation is aware of this. They're, they know it's a big hit. They're thinking about it. They, they feel like women have been abused. They said they will make up their minds by the end of October. Uh, another thing here. Every country in the world today has a neo-Nazi party. Several, uh, several neo-Nazi parties sometimes in a given country. I have spoken about this. I have written about this over the past several years in Italy. Uh, my experiences in Greece with the neo-Nazi party there. Uh, it's just that's what it is. Well, the neo-Nazi, one of the neo-Nazi parties in the United States has a website. They have a blog. They called the blog the Daily Stormer. Trump is their man. They support Donald Trump. And in their blog last week, you know what they said? And I, tell, I share this with you in quotes. Hail Donald Trump, the ultimate savior, quote, unquote. Hail Donald Trump, the ultimate savior, quote, unquote. Let's talk about uh, Trump and Putin. Uh, Thomas Friedman, the well-known and revered New York Times columnist, uh, said a few days ago in one of his columns, and I quote, Putin owns $30 billion in property, hotels, and factories. 
Putin owns $30 billion in property, hotels, and factories for the past several years. On my TV show, on this show, uh, in my blog, and in some of my columns in the newspaper, I have said, Putin has a piece of everything that goes on in Russia. That's the nature of the person. That's the nature of the man. You want to build a railroad? You want to build a pipeline? He gets a piece of the action. And my readings have always suggested to me that it's somewhere between 10, between 10 and 20%. It may be more. I didn't realize he's got $30 billion invested. The reason I raise this, though, is Putin has to have a piece of Donald Trump. If Trump is doing any business in Russia, if Putin is doing any business with Russian or Russian satellite banks, Putin's got a piece of the action. They are partners. No question in my mind. And we would know this for real had Trump shared his tax returns. Then if they would have been picked apart and we would have known who he's paying money to, who he's paying interest to, et cetera, et cetera. Moving on, still staying with Trump, some other things here. You know, and as I go through these things, I, I, I started to think, is this my country anymore? The way Donald Trump talks and the way he has rabble-roused almost half the people in this country to follow him, it's scary. Uh, Gabriel Schoenfeld writes for the New York Daily News. Uh, this past weekend, he had an article where he said some interesting things about Donald Trump. He called him the moronic Pied Piper. I find this interesting. I wrote an article on Trump being the Pied Piper and everyone following him blindly. This was a year ago. But moronic Pied Piper. And he says, our democracy is fragile. Trump's campaign flails. The violence and threads of violence multiply by the day. Violence and th threads of violence multiply by the date. Bloodshed probable. Now, that bloodshed probable bothers me uh, because the guy's nuts and he's rabble-rousing. I've been starting to worry this past month because he's got people, they're saying a lot of things, his followers. You know, this is their time. These are the people... It's 35, 40% of the people, most of them, that no one's ever paid any attention to. They've probably been screwed all their lives, but now they have a leader, okay? And we've heard several of them on TV say, if she's elected, if Clinton's elected, there is going to be a revolution. We're going to have guns. And this is because Trump has encouraged people to talk this way. All right, so now we come down to what happened in Hillboro, uh, North Carolina. Hillboro, North Carolina, this past Saturday night. A Republican Party headquarters, you're probably already aware of this, was firebombed. Yeah, firebombed. And on one wall was spray-painted a swastika. Yep, we're back to Nazis. And it also, next to the swastika, was the following wording uh, written on the wall. Nazi Republicans... Nazi Republicans, leave town or else. Leave town or else. Nazi Republicans. Now, the intimation here is that the Democrats had to do this. I mean, after all, who else? They're going to do it to themselves, the Republicans? Well, maybe yes. Stay with me. The area is Democratic three to one. 
I, I, I'm not saying Democrats aren't crazy and couldn't do something like this, but it does not make sense that something like this would happen. It's the Republicans that are really pissed off at, at the Democrats and not the Democrats equally irritated against the Trump people so that they would do something so stupid. What's Lewis saying? What I'm saying is this. I think when an investigation is done of this situation, I'm sticking my neck out here. I have a gut feeling, that's what I'm saying, that this was the Republicans who did, a group of Republicans who did this to themselves, in effect, to make it look like the Democrats in North Carolina are bad people. I could be wrong. I'm sticking my neck out again. But this is my sense. This is my gut feeling. An interesting thing is, immediately, Immediately on Sunday, the Democrats announced that they were forming a committee to raise $10,000 to raise $10,000 to give to the Republican Party locally because of the damage done to help them repair. Within 40 minutes, did you hear me? Within 40 minutes, $13,000 was raised. Let's go to Saturday Night Live. We all love Saturday Night Live. I don't watch it as much as I used to, maybe because I got older. Uh, but be that as it may, he's taken a hit, Trump, on Saturday Night Live. Alec Baldwin, the last three weeks, has been playing Donald Trump. Looks good, does the job well, I, got, I have to tell you. Uh, Trump does not like to be made fun of, embarrassed perhaps humiliated, and yesterday, yesterday morning, he tweeted. I, I, this is one thing, you got to give the guy credit. He's with today's social media. He tweeted, and he said that the Saturday Night Live shows have been a, quote, hit job, unquote. And he said, it's time, I quote, time to retire the show. And he thought that Alec Baldwin's portrayal of him stunk. He said it stinks. I think it's terrific, and I think everyone who's seen it, not just some, most everyone, thinks it's absolutely fantastic. Then the other issue, and this has been on television tonight before I started my show. It's on the talk shows. He says Hillary should take a drug test before the debate tomorrow night. She should take a drug test before the debate tomorrow night, and he's happy to take one, too. Uh this guy that snorted through the first two debates, and I don't think he takes drugs. I'll tell you why. The man has a history of never smoking, never drinking, and if he doesn't smoke and drink, he isn't, he's never taken drugs. I believe him when he says that. I think he snorts because he gets nervous and hyperventilated, and that's the way the air comes out of his nose. Be that as it may, some people think thinks he does cocaine. I, I don't buy it at all. But what is he doing? He's setting her up. He's saying bad things about Hillary that don't apply here. You know, she should be tested for drugs. I'm happy to do it, too. Let's talk about the economy, what the Russians are doing in the Middle East, what they're doing in other parts of Europe and Asia, what's happening in China. When are we going to get equal wages for men and women? When are we going to improve the economy so it isn't 99% and 1%? We don't hear these things because Trump says stupid things, and then the media carries it over for the following week. And no matter what Hillary says about what's going on in the world or the issues, it's buried. It's buried with the Trump shit. That's what I'm going to call it, with all due respect, my friends. Which now brings me to 
Hillary. I'm all done with Trump. I'm done with Trump just as he might fit into what I'm going to discuss next or share with you regarding Hillary Clinton. This just came out today. It hasn't hit yet full on the media. It will tomorrow. It could very well be a question to Hillary tomorrow night during the debate. It has come out today, and I'm not saying this is true, but this is what's come out. A Trump protester, someone protesting against Trump, obviously a Clinton supporter, claims he was paid $3,500 to protest at a Trump rally. You heard me, $3,500. Hillary Smith's people paid him to protest at a Trump rally. This rally took place back in May or I think or March in Fountain Hills, Arizona. Fountain Hills, Arizona. The gentleman's name is Paul Horner. He's 37 years old. He's white. I have to say he's white for a reason you'll understand in a moment. He says he saw this on Craigslist. They were advertising for some people to participate in a political movie or video, and he applied. Uh, he had to take a class, a six-hour class, uh, as to what to do at the uh, Trump rally. Uh, they, he thinks they picked him and paid him 3500 because in his resume he said he had taken classes in street fighting and boxing. So he had some experience if things got rabble-roused. Now, there is no proof at the moment that Hillary Clinton's people put this up paid for it or anything else that Hillary even knew anything about it. And I can't believe she would even do this. <laughs> uh, but the group that did it was called Women Are the Future. He says that's the group that hired him. Women Are the Future. They were primarily in their 60s, the ones that interviewed him for the position. Again, understand, there is no connection with Hillary as yet. Could be. I doubt it. But could be. Now, when he went to training, the six-hour training course. There were other protesters as part of the training course, and he became aware of the pay differential. This is, number one, I don't think Hillary's character would permit her to do this. Number two, when you see the pay differential and the, and the reasons for it, absolutely not would Hillary do this. It isn't part of her psyche, but this man was paid 3500 and I told you why. But Latinos were paid $500. Muslim, $600. African Americans, $750. Illegals, illegal immigrants, $300. These were all men. When it came to women and children, now we got discrimination. Women and children were paid one half of what the men got. The women were paid 50% of what the men got. Does not make sense to me. I don't see how it can make sense to you that Hillary would be a part of anything like this or even have knowledge. And I can't believe any of Hillary's supporters would do this. I think this is like the firebomb in Hillsborough, North Carolina. This is a Trump move by him or his people to set up a situation to make Hillary and or the Democrats look bad. Again, I'm sticking my neck out, but I've got the gut feeling again here. We shall see. Moving away from politics, uh, well, we as a people today in this country trust our government less than we used to, trust the press less than we used to. 
A study recently came out that reported the following, and I'm really sharing it with you. Uh, the numbers are interesting. In 1964, in 1964, 77% of the Americans, of, of the American people, trusted their government. Today, only 19%. In 1964, 65% of the American people trusted the press. Today, only 20%. I believe these numbers are accurate. I don't trust the government. I don't trust the press. I'm always criticizing them for not. They don't talk about things they should. Certain things they never report. They report it Wednesday morning, and you never hear about it again because somebody said from upstairs, don't talk about it. I blame first the Republicans. I've got to tell you this, because in the last 20, 30 years, for them, it has been victory at any cost. You can't argue with that point either. Victory at any cost. And they've brutalized our, our congressional system. Everything Trump talks about is stuff that's already been raised over the last several years by congressmen here and there. We should be way ahead of the game today, but the Republicans don't want to cooperate with the Democrats. They they couldn't handle Obama, a black man, becoming president. They swore the night he was elected they wouldn't help him or assist him in any way, and they haven't for almost eight years. You can't argue the point again. Uh, the Republican uh, situation was burn, baby, burn. I'm using the black terminology now, but it was scourge the earth. We are not going to cooperate with the Democrats or Obama. And what's happened over the years, not just during Obama's eight years, but for the last 20 years, we've lost the middle class. And that's the worst thing that has happened to this country. You need a strong middle class. Everyone must be able to sit at the table and eat. Not necessarily in the same amounts, but they all have to eat. It can't be 99-1%. It can't be that way. It doesn't work. All right? And uh, so that's the story there, just sharing, which this is terrible, what I'm going to share with you. I'm going to talk about pharmaceutical houses. I'm going to talk about drug companies. I've been talking about this, I think, in every show I've ever done for the last two, three, four years. Uh, I believe, first of all, one of the places where Obama screwed up with Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, understand this, it was a good thing what he did. It has to start to the same place. When Social Security was passed in 1933, it wasn't as it is today. You have to start, you have to fix, you have to correct, you have to pull back, you have to expand. This is the way it goes with, with governing a country and a big law like this. Uh, he did a good thing, but... He gave the pharmaceutical houses a break. Uh, he did not make them part of Obamacare. He, he said, don't fight me. You have to understand this. The pharmaceutical houses have lobbyists and law firms representing them in Congress and in Washington as strong as the banks and the corporations, as strong as the banks and the corporations. People don't know this. The drug companies are out there, and they get anything past they want. Because if you don't, they're going to put a ton of money in your district and beat you in the next election. I consider, I call the banks whores, I call the pharmaceutical houses equally hoary. They're pigs and they're whores the way they handle the products they provide the American public. The company is 
Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Don't forget this name, Valiant Pharmaceuticals. They are today's bad guy in the drug industry. The drug involved is called calcium EDTA. EDTA, calcium EDTA. And I'm talking about it in relation to Flint, Michigan, and the lead in the water crisis. Because calcium EDTA is effective for use in severe and life-threatening cases of lead poisoning, especially helpful where children, and children are the ones who can get primarily hurt with lead poisoning because they become mentally defective the rest of their lives, okay, whose mental well-being and whose lives are threatened by lead. This is the drug. It's, It's intravenously provided. This is the accepted drug, tested and true. Now, here's what they did wrong. It's been available, by the way, for decades out there at stable prices. Valiant bought the drug calcium EDTA from somebody in 2013. At that time, a price for a package of vials was $950. $950. Sounds like a lot of money. It was vials. Uh, everybody says that was fair. Since that time, they had raised the price from $950 to $26,927. You heard me, $26,927. An increase over three years in the amount of 2,700%. Now, doctors, hospitals, uh, people who fight contagious disease and everything are upset about this whole thing, and they should be. Something has to be done, not only with Valiant and with all the other screw jobs we hear about where the drug companies are taking advantage of purchasers. Uh, We've got to make it part of Medicare. We've got to start there. Drugs have to be part of Medicare. Then the government can negotiate with the drug companies as they negotiate with doctors and hospitals to keep the prices down. That's number one to get control. We can't permit them to keep screwing us like they are. And... Nothing can be done to them. It's like the bankers who screwed us in 2008. No one went to jail. <laughs> they paid big fines. These drug companies, nobody goes to jail. They pay big fines. They're making enough money. Well, this is an example where we're being defecated upon, and nothing's going to happen until we amend Medicare to put the drug companies, the pharmaceutical houses, under, under Medicare. Now, Judges are supposed to be good guys, but judges are like everybody else. We are all human beings. You know, we put our pants on the same way in the morning. Uh, We love our wives the same way. We have children and we don't have children. They have the same problems, et cetera, et cetera. Not everyone's the same, though. Some are crooked. And we're going to go to Arkansas now. Some are sick. We're going to go to Arkansas and a... County District Court Judge by the name of Joseph Boskman. Joseph Boskman, 70 years old. He's not a judge anymore, by the way. Yesterday, he was arrested, and I'm sorry, last week. He was arrested on criminal charges, federal criminal charges, of uh, fraud and bribery. Now, how did this come about? Very simply, he's a criminal court judge, and he also enjoyed bare-ass pictures, new pictures of men. So, whenever a man appeared before him, 
uh, he would see that the man did not do time. If that person, that man, provided him with nude and semi-nude pictures of his person. Now, he said, one, two, three. Over the course of his time on the bench, the authorities say they have discovered 4,600 photographs. A lot of pictures of bare-ass men. This is a man asking for pictures of bare-ass men. Uh, he was arrested yesterday. I'm sorry, again, it was yesterday. Federal indictment. He pled not guilty. He's going to jail. He's sick. Uh, and the, I'm going to tell you, the judicial system, there are a lot of bad guys that are judges. Most of them are good, though. But this is just one example. I've given you other examples over the years when I've talked about judges. Uh, can you imagine this? And I'm going to tell you something else. The lawyers representing these guys had to be aware of what's going on to arrange for the disposition of the case via the photographs. They should be disbarred. This country's going crazy. Uh, that's the show for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. The show, i got to tell you, I keep saying it, but it's true. Every week my numbers get bigger and bigger. I have more advertisers. I love you for listening and enjoying the show. The show's archived, as you know. Many of you listen to it on Block Talk Radio, YouTube, and where it's linked to my Key West Lou website. I do a blog every morning, My Life in Key West, keywestlou.com. You can find it under keywestlou.com. It's about what I do down here. I live. I enjoy life at 81. Read it. You'll enjoy it, too. Okay, thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week. <laughs>